All right, so today is uh, Testimony Sunday, and uh, I just want to, uh, we're going to read one piece of scripture. It's the New Testament reading for today from the church calendar, and then Alex and Connie are going to come, and they're just going to share briefly. Um, they've been away the last few weeks, and they just wanted to give people an update. There's been uh, just some developments with their family that they want to share this morning, and I want to honor them with that. But first, let's read Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Are you ready? Here we go. Why don't you stand up? I know you, I, I'm sorry. You were just standing, but let's just stand together. You know, when I always, I always tell the story when I went before the judge before, uh, because of some of my criminal activities called speeding down the highway. Uh, I wore a hat in the courtroom, and the the clerk yelled at me and stand before the judge with your hat off. Anyways, so if we can't stand in church to read the scripture, what's wrong with us? Okay, Colossians chapter three, verse twelve. Put on then as God's chosen ones. Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. Uh, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Whoa, big time. Okay. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And everyone said, amen. Alex and Connie, why don't you come forward? Everyone else can take a seat. I love that scripture. That's why I read it today. And they're just going to share with us. And here's the microphone. Okay, good morning. I'm going to read uh, some scripture here first. Uh, there's a few places. The first one is Psalm 27, verses 4 and 5. One thing I've asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate on his temple, in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. For you have formed, for you have formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Okay, as most of you know, we've walked uh, a six-month journey with our youngest daughter. She was halfway through her pregnancy with her second child and diagnosed with a rare form of um, aggressive leukemia. So after a first round of chemo, they took the baby early at uh, 30 weeks. And so Leo spent the first half of his, the first half of his little life in the NICU at um, 
the General Hospital in Ottawa and the second half of his little life with his parents at the apartment that the um, hospital provided for them because as Rachel went through a stem cell transplant program, our son donated his stem cells to her and she needed to be isolated and away from people. So they had little Leo at home for about six weeks and then he's <laughs> he suddenly passed away from SIDS. So we were in Hamilton picking up our older daughter from the airport, we got the news and we just went straight to Ottawa. So that's that's where we've been, that's what's happened. Um, yesterday we had his funeral at Cornerstone Church in Lively and it was it was a really good um, funeral if, if there is such a thing. Thank you for those of you that come out to support us and thank you for those who didn't because I know you're going to come and visit us at home and that will be a better visit for us. Um, so I just wanted to share a little bit about that experience and you know at, at the first day it was horrendous and I was so angry at God I said you gave prophecy to two people one in this church and one in Cornerstone where we also spent many years going to church that you were going to do something great out of this whole experience with Rachel and how is this fulfilling that prophecy this is and when I was so angry how are we supposed to defend you with Eric who has never been interested in, in God is just going to push him away farther and and why would you you know let them have Leo for such a short time and then take him like all these questions and all this anger and and God kind of spoke to my heart in a few ways and one of them was yeah he they had him for a short time but in time they will see that as a gift and so that helped a little bit <laughs> um, and I was just you know the anger part didn't get an answer right away <sighs> um, but I wanted to share a little bit about some of the good things that God is already doing starting yesterday at the funeral. But even before that, I just want to say the generosity of people, when I, I think about it, has blown Eric away. Um, they, you know, we're mildly associated with the church in Ottawa. The generosity of those people who don't even know us and friends of friends has been incredible. Your generosity and support is... In Rebecca's church. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Rebecca's church in BC you know, the support, and, and Rachel and Eric are receiving this, and, and I know Eric's kind of, you know, been taken aback, so I'm trusting that God is using that to, you know, work through him. It's one of the things that, the positive things that happened yesterday is Eric's family on both sides of his divorced parents have been feuding, and they actually talked to each other yesterday at the church. Um, there's, Alex's sister was there, there's a games night happening, she heard about, Alex's sister hasn't been in church in years and years, and she said, hey, I, I want to come, and she's, you know, we're just trusting that she'll be drawn there. Um, with Alex, uh, Eric's sister and um, mom, we've, s of course, spent a lot of intense time with them in these past week, and they were blown away by the generosity of churches that didn't know them, and they started questioning, like, in our church, that would never happen. In our denomination, that would never happen. Like, what's different about your church? And they started questioning about, what is this whole born-again thing? And what about baptism? And, and so I had a chance to be able to share, plant some seeds in, in their hearts, you know, through this journey. And then the big thing that happened yesterday, and do you want to share about that? Sure. Yeah. Big thing that happened yesterday, like, uh, a friend of, um, of Adam and Kyra's, she was a, a driver of Sudbury Transit also, so I know her from there myself. And um, uh, 
she could see everything that's going on, and she can see that our, our, our faith and our belief in God. And uh, about two, two and a half, three years ago, she lost her mother to cancer, and she's been angry ever since and wondering why this had to happen because she her and her father and her sister have been just devastated by it and and but she's been seeing our faith and and wondering how can you still hold your faith when all this stuff is happening all this bad stuff so we tried to explain to her that that jesus never promised us that we would have a, a life that was all roses if we gave our hearts to him he told us we were going to have trouble, but that he would be with us that whole time, and he would help us, and that's where we draw our strength from. And she was blown away by that, and, and, uh, and now she's, today, she's in church with Adam and Kyra. And uh, amen for sure. So he, she's searching. She wants to have an interview with the pastor and, and, uh, and, and just find out what's going on. She says she's tired of being angry. So out of something as devastating as this, as we, we see God still being glorified. We know that he has a plan for each and every one of us. Leo's life was short. Sure, we're going to grieve, but we have God's promises to fall back on, and that gives us the strength to carry on. Our life here on this earth, like Ecclesiastes says, we all have a time and a place, time to live and a time to die. Our life here is short compared to eternity in heaven. And that's where our hope is. Our hope is in heaven. We know Leo's there. We know that the, 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 the baby, that, that, uh, that we lost, we know is there. Something else I want to share. There's a lady at Cornerstone. She's, what, 89 years old? She's just been diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. And, and they told her, that's it for you. You're going to die. And she's happy about this. And she's talking, I'm going to see Jesus. She's really happy about it. I'm like, wow. You know, so I was, she was come up to me and she said, I'm so sorry to hear about what's happening with Rachel and what happened with Leo. And, um, and, and so I asked her, when you get to heaven, will you rock him for us? And she says, I will. I'll be there. I'll find him. And so she's all excited. And that's so amazing to see such faith in somebody. And uh, and gives us the strength to carry on. Did you want to say something else? I just uh, thanks for all your support, everybody. It's been really it's been fantastic. Amazing. If anybody's interested, I have a couple of little cards. If you, I know that you've never seen Leo, so I have a picture of him here. If you want to see it after. Thanks. So today uh, marks an interesting moment uh, for me, and I'll explain why. Today is the conclusion. Uh, in the chapter of a book. And uh, I suppose this means that every year as the month of December closes, it means it's the conclusion of another chapter. But that's really what it is for me. Uh, no matter what happened in the year, uh, every year is different for other people. 2018 has been a good year for me, but 2017 was not a, a good year for me. Uh, uh, we've had other years. I remember 2008 was not a good year for our family. And there's been lots of other years since that have been good and bad. And everyone has a different experience. But the bottom line is no matter what our emotion is, is that uh, the end of the month of December marks the end of a, of a year and the beginning of a new one. Uh, for a child, a teenager, a young adult, uh, school in September often marks the new beginning of the year. 
Uh, it's the, the chance to redeem one's past. I know every time when I was in school in September, I was like, this is the year for redemption, and uh, I'm going to get A's this year, and it didn't work out. But, uh, f- uh, but uh, it's, it's a, the new beginnings for, for those of us like me who have kids in school. Uh, September is, is a new beginning of sorts. But as I grow older and the years seem to go uh, past more and more quickly, I focus more and more every year on the new year. I focus more and more on the new year. You see, uh, Revelation chapter 21 says this, Behold, I am making all things new. You see, God's plan is redemption. It's about making all things new. That's what God's plan is about. Uh, this verse of scripture that my, uh, it, that my mind is always drawn to in Revelation is so powerful. When I think of the things that God is making new, I think of relationships that are being restored. I think of a leg that's being healed physically or, or physically or renewed. I think of someone who is being brokenhearted for most of their life and they're becoming whole once again. I think of these things. Even what seems to, uh, even what seems the simplest things to our eyes, maybe someone who said that they don't want to go to church or they will never go, I've seen God bring them to church. I remember when I was a youth pastor in Toronto, there was an older lady in our church. She always talked about her kids and her son. Finally, one Christmas, her son came to church, and she was so proud that he finally returned. And I know it's true because God is always making things new again. Arlene sent me this message last night. I don't usually include these uh, things she sends me, but uh, I thought it was important today. It It says this, Only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, and a victim into a victory. Our scripture today uh, comes from 1 John 5.11. It's just real simple. It says this, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. These days, in my opinion, we use testimony, uh, and we use it kind of sl- uh, slightly off base from where Scripture is. Let me say this. When we give a testimony, we must always point our, the focus and attention to the Lord Jesus. Let me repeat it. When we give a testimony, we must always point focus and attention to the Lord Jesus. If our testimony doesn't point to Jesus, to me it's just a wasted uh, exercise. The scripture says, and this is the testimony. John is drawing our attention to what testimony means, to what testimony is. God's message to mankind is this. Eternal life is from God, received in Jesus Christ. Let me repeat it again. Eternal life is from God, received in Jesus Christ. 1 John 5.12 says this. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's all about, here's a quote for you. It's all about Jesus and living in Jesus is the evidence of, of eternal life. I love the quote. It's all about Jesus and nothing else. Here's a little uh, elaboration on the scripture here uh, from 1 John 5, 11. It says, It is vain to expect eternal glory if we have not Christ in our heart. This is a quote. Let no man deceive himself here. And in dwelling Christ and glory, 
No indwelling Christ, no glory. An indwelling Christ and glory. No indwelling Christ, no glory. God's record must stand. I, would, I think it would be better said, God's record will stand. God's record will stand. So I'd like to take, a, uh, like I said a moment ago, our testimony must point focus and attention to the Lord Jesus. A few weeks ago, we asked the congregation to come forward with some testimonies, Pastor Katie and I, of what God has done this past year. For some reason, I'm not sure why, but we didn't have a ton of people come forward. So uh, maybe uh, people didn't know what I was talking about when I said testimonies. Uh, so what I'm going to do this morning is highlight some of the miracles that God did in this church, through this church, this year. I find that when we don't look at what God has done, we tend to become discouraged. Let me give you an example. I've heard people ask me, why doesn't God heal people anymore? Okay, that same person that asked that question is the same person that God healed a few months earlier. We forget, even when it happens to ourselves, we tend to forget when we don't look back at the good things that God has done. You see, it comes naturally to us. We tend to forget what God has done. We often have short memories when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit, to the work of God in our life. I can feel it within myself that we will often complain about God forgetting what he's done in our life. He, we, we say things like that, but the truth is God has done great things. He's done great things. I want to declare to our church family today that God has done great things. Let me give you some examples. Just this year, he's brought children to be with their parents. He's restored broken relationships. Relationships that were broken have been made whole again. We've seen people in this church filled with the Holy Spirit. People have committed their lives to Christ. Students have either rededicated their lives to Christ or committed to live for him for the first time. Think about that. That is God's hand at work. Oh, there you are. I'm like, oh my goodness. Betty disappeared. <laughs> Jesus came back, took Betty, and left the rest of us. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Betty, come on up. Betty's going to share a testimony as well this morning. I've had miracles all my life. I didn't realize it until I looked back because I wasn't a Christian all my life. At least I didn't know the Lord's salvation all my life. But this miracle, for me, started in 2005, and very innocently, I had been, and some of you have heard this, and if you have, you can go to sleep, okay? Um, but there's somebody here, I'm sure, that needs to hear it. I had been working in my garden that summer, it was in July, and it just seemed that every time that I bent down to do pick beans or pick weeds or whatever, I just didn't feel so good. And I was getting kind of a dry cough. So finally by Saturday, I thought, oh, I'm going to go to the hospital, but I'm not going to alarm my husband. I just said, oh, I got a cough. I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to get it checked out. But I knew I did have a bit of shortness of breath. So... When I got there, checked in, and right away the, the nurse um, came when I went to emerge, and she said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, I'm a sh little bit short of breath, and I got a cough. She said, well, let me take your pulse. 
has anyone ever told you you have a slow pulse? And I said, no, it's always been fine. Okay, come on in here. So she took me into a room and hooked me up to what I call all the bells and whistles. This young doctor came in and he said, um, I'm Dr. Young. I don't remember him asking me questions, but I remember him saying, you're going to Sudbury for a pacemaker. And he didn't say how low my heart rate was, but apparently my heart rate had dropped to around 35 or so. And the average heart rate, in case you don't remember, is around 72. And they tell me that if it goes below 30, you're really in deep, deep, deep trouble. So he told me if my heart rate didn't come up, they would put a temporary pacemaker on the outside that night. And if it did come level off, come back up again, half reasonable, they'd wait till the next day, which they did. Now, I don't know what you know about pacemakers, but they are a tiny thing, a little bit bigger than a toonie. They've got a computer in them and a battery. And the computer is so sensitive that I usually go every six months to get mine checked. They put that into their, the technician puts it into her machine and reads it. And she would say to me, Betty, did you fall on March the 20th or something like that? Because it shows all your back, what you've been doing, in one s what your heart's been doing for the past six months. So that's how sensitive they are. Batteries usually last about eight to 10 years. So that meant in 2015, I had to get a new pacemaker. Now I know that without that pacemaker, I would not be alive today. Because if my heart, if I had not, if I say the Lord had not led, led me to go to the hospital that night, there's a good chance that I would have died of a heart attack or my heart just not beating anymore. So I am a miracle. I've, I had to have this new implant. So I really had three wires down this vein into my heart. So praise the Lord. I'm here today. I'm, s I'm still a miracle, and I'm not sure when he's calling me home. But it doesn't matter. God bless. Amen. Thanks so much, Betty. I don't know how you remember all that. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Wow. All right, would everyone stand with me? We're going to close off this morning. And uh, I just want to, Jackie, could you help me out here? Um, I just want everyone to bow their heads with me, close their eyes. And uh, I just, we've heard uh, different testimonies today. I'm so grateful. But I'm also aware of uh, the fact that uh, there's people here today, and you've maybe been waiting for God to do the impossible in your life. Uh, so far, you feel like you don't have a testimony but today I'd like us to gather at this altar and pray for one another. Pray that God would intervene in your circumstance. Uh, if you're praying for a loved one to be healed from sickness, let's pray today. 
If, you're, if you have a nagging health issue, let's pray today. If you have a loved one who is far from God or doesn't know him, let's pray today. If it, I, I feel it's important that as we have these closing moments together as a church for 2018, that we ask God to do the impossible in our lives uh, for 2019. Uh, Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's God's plan for your life. God has plans for you. His plans are good for us. God gives us a future and a hope. 